0: hello america and welcome to a new edition of john solomon reports a podcast from just the news yes it's friday but we're not going to waste any time sleeping we're going to get right to the news we've got really some great interviews today one of the people we're going to talk to is gary rabine he is a small businessman who is now running for Illinois governor and is gaining a lot of traction as a Republican in a very blue state. We're going to talk about all the dynamics, why there is such enthusiasm in blue states that Republicans might capture seats that normally are out of their reach. Certainly, Glenn Youngkin's win in blue Virginia. Uh, or certainly purple blue virginia last year got everybody thinking bigger than what they might have been for the midterms but gary rabine has really been making progress he's really cutting into the messaging of the democrats by focusing on crime on the economy on why so many people are fleeing illinois for other states why because of taxes because of crime because of regulation regulatory uncertainty A really strong thing. And Gary was a very significant player before joining the gubernatorial race. He joined the lawsuit brought by Job Creators Network and others to challenge the Biden administration's, what's now been determined to be illegal, mandate for vaccines being posed on private companies and their workers. As we know, the Supreme Court turned that away, a big loss for the Biden administration and its COVID-19 strategies. Gary Rabine was one of the lead plaintiffs. Now he's running for governor of Illinois, trying to challenge J.P. Pritzker. He's got some Republican challengers at first, but he's getting a lot of attention, a lot of traction in the state. We're going to bring you inside his thought processes, what he's learning from constituents, what messages from the conservative Republican movement are playing in a democratic state like Illinois, a machine state like Chicago offers that community. That's the first one. And then we're gonna bring in Job Creators Network right after that, Alfredo Ortiz, we've had him on the show many times. He's here to talk about the budget, the wealth tax, the changes in capital gains, all the things that Joe Biden is doing that he fears Alfredo Ortiz fears is going to change the outcome of the economy in a negative way, reverse the progress that was made during the Trump years when there was a historic growth of the economy. And one of the places where that is most clear is in the fight over making Donald Trump's temporary tax cuts permanent. I think Alfredo Ortiz is going to tell us about that campaign. A lot of businesses want to make sure they have certainty beyond 2024, 2025, when some of these tax cuts sunset. He wants to try to get them made permanent. We're going to talk about that. Two important conversations, economy, security, safety, crime, all of the issues that are going to be at the forefront of the 2022, and quite frankly, I believe the 2024 election as well. That's what my reporting indicates for sure. So let's not waste any time. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Gary Rabine, small businessman involved in the historic U.S. Supreme Court overturning the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for businesses, now he's a candidate for Illinois government. He's going to join us first and then our good friend Alfredo Ortiz who runs the Job Creators Network the Small Business Lobby to talk about the economy and all that is happening around us. We'll have those back to back right after this commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower Thanks to our good friends at BrickHouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit.
1: 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks.
0: All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So excited to have this next guest. He is making waves in Illinois. Yes, I know it's a blue state, but Republicans are gaining traction like we haven't seen in a long time. He is running for governor, trying to unseat the Democratic governor, J.B. Pritzker, who's growing increasingly unpopular. His name is Gary Rabine. He is a businessman and now the man the Republicans hope will be the next governor of the state. Gary, great to have you on the show. Hey, John, thank you very much. I appreciate being here. I've been watching the Illinois race for some time now, and obviously there's a big corruption scandal involving the Democrats and their former Speaker, Madigan. There are all the issues around uh, freedom uh, related to COVID-19, but it looks like now, like you talked about last time, when we were had you on the show, there is a strong, strong concern about crime and Chicago sort of being the epitome of the country. Uh, tell us how crime and public safety have, uh, you know, just catapulted to the front of Illinois voters' minds right now.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think most people realize that we had five times the amount of murders and, and uh, you know, homicides murders in Chicago compared to uh, New York City, right? So Chicago, five times more murders per capita than New York City, and New York City didn't perform very well, okay? So, so we realized we had major problems when it comes to crime, and we've got you know Kim Fox, this, this right. Soros-backed state's attorney, who's, uh, who's helping this happen.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it is remarkable. The governor always is pooing this. He doesn't seem to really take the crime issue that seriously. Uh, why do you think that is? If, if there's a, if the voters are feeling the pain, right, the smash and grabs, all the different things that we've seen on camera. Um, why isn't it that the governor and the mayor, uh, the local district attorney aren't uh, being more proactive in trying to address what looks to be the number one issue of their electorate?
2: Yeah, I think it's a matter of um, you know not not understanding how normal people live. These people have uh, you know five to ten people around them, security around them everywhere they go. Right, they're not feeling any of this. They 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 don't have a they, they don't care. They really don't care about normal, hardworking people that every day have to fight this stuff as they walk to work in the cities of city Chicago. Um, they don't they just don't care. And and I, I think it's a far left wing mentality that uh that they that they can't get away from they're they 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 are they're they're okay with it and uh and they're trying to hide it they're try they try to cover it up i talk to I've got friends in dispatching in Chicago that say that you know thirty forty percent of the murders and the, and the major crimes are are never reported and uh and they're and they're buried i mean when I say never never on never on uh the news media or anything else kind of buried right and so they're doing everything they can they kinda of, kind of brush it under the the rug but they 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 can't I mean it's it's crazy what we have going on and we've got we've got these people that don't get it they, they don't care
0: yeah and I think a lot of people have you know uh, looked at Lori life with the mayor who really I think is the the face of this crime wave the political face of it. Um, uh, they, uh, they they kind of associate her with defunding police and badmouthing the police or talking down the police. Um, and yet she, according to a story that I think was in the Chicago Sun-Times a couple of days ago, has a specialty squad of 70 cops protecting her. So cops are okay for her but when he gets into the communities, it seems like she's been trying to uh, pull back that sort of uh, protection for everyday Americans. Does that really play out for people in the um, in, uh, in the electorate? Are people seeing the good for thee but not for ye s- uh, scenario?
2: Absolutely, and Lori Lightfoot. My daughter lives right down the street from her, and, and uh, that the the security detail ends right before my daughter's place, and and so she sees this just number of you know, the crazy number of police around her place and around that the the two block area that she lives within, okay, and then everybody else has to they they have to fend for themselves. and uh, this woman, you know, will not better not, or I don't I don't believe will get elected again. I, I think enough people recognize this, but we've got a governor and J B Pritzker. You know, when when it, when this stuff happens under a watch of a leader, the leader doesn't sleep well at night. If it's me, right? If it's a real leader, they don't sleep well as people are being murdered at at at, at all time records. This guy does fine, no problem, right? he needs any good governor would step in and hold this mayor accountable hold that's this right. state attorney accountable this guy does nothing and 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 again it it's just a matter of, in my opinion of real leadership of somebody that's ever led before He's never let anything in his life. He's never built anything in his life. In my businesses and in my life, as their issues happen and things, you know, critical issues happen, leaders like myself don't sleep. I mean, be, until we figure out the problem, this person, this guy, is making it worse with a crazy bill he, he passed uh, last year called HB 3653, where they they've uh, really protected the criminals even more in our state of Illinois, as, 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 even as far as to go as to to make it uh, in, in, impossible, illegal for our state police and all our, our community police to communicate with ICE or federal police and apprehending uh, illegal I- illegal felons um, that, that come in, coming across the border, right. In Illinois, from Mexico and Illinois, but human trafficking and, and, and dr- the, the drug trafficking is worse than ever in our state because we are, we are protecting them. And Pritzker made an announcement when he, when he eliminated the communication with the federal police on ICE last year, he said, we are gonna be the friendliest state for immigrants in the country, okay? This is craziness.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it, there's such a disconnect from the ruling elite in so many states. It, it, Illinois is just a perfect example of it and the everyday people that are trying to make ends meet and can't understand why their government leaders are focused on things that have no real impact in their life and aren't gonna make a difference. They just sound good in some academic exercise uh, for a, a leftist in university or something. That's really remarkable. Now, you talked about you, you won't sleep if you're the governor, you, know, you, you won't sleep. You'll always be working. You've already made a difference in your state even before the election has taken place. And that is in joining and becoming the lead plaintiff challenging the Biden administration. OSHA uh, mandate, and I think the last time we had you on was before the Supreme Court finally ruled. But you actually got that mandate struck down for businesses across this country. How rewarding was that, and how did the small business community react to that victory?
2: So, John, we yeah we were blessed to be part of that. I, I've been fighting for small business for about twelve years. When when Job Creators Network started initially twelve years ago, I was one of the founding members with Bernie Marcus and some great great people. Right, right. some great. Uh, five or six of us initially We got about uh, Alfredo Ortiz has grown a great, a great uh, nonprofit here. It's over 300,000 strong, small businesses. So I get, I get regulation and, and, and fighting for freedom and free enterprise more than anybody else in our race any other governor across the country, in my opinion, because my experience in building small business has been vast. Okay. So that, that, that was a, that was the granddaddy of all the challenges we've made to the federal government. Cause we've done a bunch of those, a bunch of different things, but, but fighting against this vaccine mandate that we knew was unconstitutional. Everybody said, we we're crazy. I'm telling you, so many people said I was cra- I was crazy to, to spend my money and be involved in this, right? but in the long, we won and it affected 80 million, 80 million working Americans were affected by that positively by not having to do to be vaccinated from then on, and so there was a big deal is was really very rewarding everywhere I go speak I'm telling you everywhere I go somebody in the crowd says, <laughs> i i I now did not have to take a vaccine because of that because of that that win at the supreme court so i mean I, i'm I'm very proud to be part of that i'm I'm proud to be part of understanding what what free enterprise means to this great country
0: yeah, and uh that was You know, uh, people look at these rulings in the context of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, obviously, because these were the signature efforts by the Biden administration to to impinge freedom and, and try to force people. But really... The victories send a message to the Biden administration that they're not gonna be able to use regulatory fiat to bypass Congress, right? And to do things that they don't have authority to do. The court was really clear. This was more than COVID. Do you think this administration now recognizes the courts are not going to allow it to use its executive powers to do things that the, the constitution really leaves to either Congress or the states to enact?
2: I sure hope so, but you know what? The, you know, the, uh, tyranny doesn't rest. And, and again, <laughs> yeah, our governor, our, 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 go- our governor aligned perfectly with with that mandate with with Biden, and actually mimicked the exact same mandate for the state of Illinois. He then pulled that off when we won within a day. He pulled our Illinois off as well, right? But it's it's just amazing that they have the gall to think that that uh, you know that that the Constitution doesn't mean anything, right? So I, I I'm I wouldn't hold it against them to to try the next thing, and we just have to have enough people in, in the business community and and, and, and the in, in the you know freedom fighting community that continue to to lead fights against this this ignorance.
0: Yeah, it is. It's an education campaign. It really is. I think people are. I think everyday Americans are getting wise to it now, particularly with so many courts ruling. I mean, the Biden administration's record in the courts may be one of the worst I've seen in my time as a reporter. I've been a reporter for thirty-five years. Uh, you can really see uh, a pattern of chronic losses in the courts that uh, I haven't seen in a long time. You, um, you recently had uh, what I guess you call the reform and rebuild tour, where you kind of went around Illinois to listen and learn and and develop together with the constituents that you want to represent as governor, uh, the plans that will get this state back. Talk about the state of the economy, the state of the electorate. Uh, Illinois is one of those states where people have been voting with their feet, moving out, moving businesses out. Uh, what did you hear on that tour? And what do you believe um, the ultimate solution is to reversing Illinois' great you know, flight of, of everyday people wanting to get out of the state? So guess
2: what, what I'm learning is what you, so looking at this in at a number, in the numbers basis, and to say that 112, the numbers were 112, 122,000 people moved out of our state last year. Wow. With that, with those numbers, 100,000 left the year before, okay? And those, at 100,000 is about $6 billion of taxable income that leaves, okay? Wow. So at 15%, the highest tax in the, in the country in Illinois, where 15% is what we charge on top of all the federal taxes. So 15% of six billion is nine hundred million dollars. Okay, we rave we rave about this great taxation that we're creating with the marijuana world and and, and, in the the, the medical marijuana world, right? And and the the recreation now too, and it's somewhere in the neighborhood of four or five hundred million dollars. Okay, we blew double that last year basically, and we're and we blew another double that this year because with those hundred thousand or hundred twenty thousand people that leave, over six billion dollars leaves with them. Okay, so again. This is, so what we're feeling is business, when I go to these small towns across Illinois, it's sickening it's, it's in the border counties that, that businesses are leaving in droves and, they're, and, and everything's boarded up. These cute little towns, these beautiful towns on the Mississippi River, and, and, and I'm telling you, the most beautiful scenic areas you'll ever imagine in the Midwest, they're empty. No retail, no restaurants, no gas stations, they're all across the, all across the border for all those things now, okay? So this is, this is crazy. When I see that stuff happening, I, I, I realize it's a simple fix. It's we must be competitive with our surrounding states and the rest of the country, by the way, when it comes to regulations, when it comes to sales tax, gas tax, property tax, we just need to be competitive. If we, if we tax competitively, we'll get everything we want back in the state when it comes to these things we care about, right? Property values, commercial, residential property values, business values. Okay. Our business values, John, people don't think about this, but, yeah. but the, the value of the business in Illinois, small business in Illinois, is half of what it would be if you were in Indiana, uh, Tennessee, Florida, or Texas. So when you think about the the money we're stealing from Illinoisans, it's not just in property values because the property taxes are excessive, right? Commercial and residential. It's also in businesses where our businesses are worth half of what they should be, right? So we're talking trillions of dollars. The number looks to be anywhere from three and a half to $5 trillion of depreciated value of of properties and businesses in Illinois right now from, from 2008 to today. Okay? Unbelievable. That's sickening. What a legacy. Sickening. Yeah. So we're feeling that as we travel the state, we're seeing this, you know, the, the results of it. And it, it, it's sickening. And, and the, you know, the, the, the positive thing of, of all this is we beat up our, our citizens so bad in the state, we still got 12 and a half million people left. We beat them up so bad. And the, those that love the state are still here. And, and, and guess what? All, all we have to do is, is offer them, you know, something competitive when it comes to, you know, taxes and, and, and regulations on, 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 uh, home, on homeowners and businesses. Right. We do that. And I'm, I'm telling you, we'll grow the state again. We, we're, we're, we've done such a terrible job serv- giving customer service to the taxpayers of Illinois. Yep. If we just treat them like like real, real, real uh, customers like we should, like Florida does and and, and Tennessee does and, and, and even Indiana does, we will grow the state again
0: yeah it's it's not a hard recipe it's been done before uh after the rust belt recessions other well, you saw but uh right now the economy, uh, the um approach to things and you know when i first came to um washington i was a rookie reporter uh and a um there was a uh a senator from wisconsin that just retired bill Proxford, by the way a liberal very liberal senator he had never spent any money on running for re-election. He, you know, instead of a million dollars, he spent like a couple thousand per election. It was like a historic thing to do. And he said to me, I, I interviewed him as he was retiring, and he said to me, I said to him, sir, how did you manage to, to avoid what every other candidate does, which is spend hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars running for office? He said, listen, all I need to do is go to the coffee shop at the corner in some of my towns. I'll know all I need to know about what my job is. And I that rem- stuck with me these last 30 or 40 years, that, that, that mindset, that mentality. But... There was a moment not too long ago where Governor Pritzker said, hey, electric cars, you'll, you'll make money on the long run on this. The problem is most Americans uh, can't uh, don't make enough money to make an electric car. How disconnected are some of these liberals to the reality of the economics of the people that they govern?
2: It's so ridiculous, right? I mean... Electric cars are, 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 are energized by coal in, in Illinois, right? Coal-burning plants are, are the biggest contributor to the electric that goes in those electric cars. The same coal that these son-of-a-guns are, are trying to eliminate in Illinois. And by, by the way, our coal plants in Illinois, in southern Illinois central and southern Illinois, the cleanest coal-burning plants in the world, okay? And yet we're going to eliminate those and we're going to ship coal in from dirtier burning places across the country and across the world, okay? I mean, this is this is re- this is so ridiculous. And, and we we think about the subsidies on, on the green energy, on, on windmills, and and subsidies on, on energy and solar in Illinois. Okay, we're we we got hundreds of millions of dollars going to subsidies. We're buying, we're we're paying off basically the, the electric companies to to go to this stuff. And yet, in the long run, the results we already know we already know what happens. Okay, in, in a cold environment like Illinois, okay, our, our windmills will not work very well, just like Texas when they, when they had the blackout. Illinois is the strongest state in the country over the last 20 years for, for the lack of blackouts. When it comes to lack of blackouts, nobody's close to us. Why? Because we've got the best coal plants. We've got natural gas like, like almost no, no state in the country. We've got, we've got the, big, the best nuclear energy in the country, maybe the world, okay? And, and they're shutting down their nuclear over the next 10 years. They're shutting down their coal plants. Uh, natural gas, they don't respect. Okay, all for 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 energy that's going to cost us double or triple that we're going to pay and subsidize to get here. Okay, this is this is this is sick. This is sick, and it's the AOC, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Uh, it, it's it's the um, uh, Pritzker, right? Green New Deal for Illinois, as we as we're seeing um, across the country in dumb states.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's just mind-boggling to watch. Now there's a lot of during the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of the attention in America was focused on a couple of governors, Michigan Governor Whitmer, New York Governor Cuomo, now gone, disgraced governor, but uh, about the, the role they played in sending sick people to nursing homes and uh, COVID-infected COVID people and, and creating outbreaks in these nursing homes and then covering up the number of deaths, but actually, Illinois had the identical problem in one of its veterans home. I think it was called the LaSalle Veterans Home. Tell us a little bit about the recent lawsuit there and what disturbs you so much about the Pritzker administration's treatment of the veterans during the COVID crisis. It's sort of one of the quiet scandals that haven't gotten attention in America.
2: Well, Pritzker's been very good at uh, buying off the press. He's been very good at blaming other people. He fired, he fired somebody he put in place for, for the uh, senior homes. Um and yet uh yeah, we we our 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 scandal was is, is as bad as anybody in the country when it comes to that, right? We we uh we didn't respect our veterans' homes in any way at all and, and uh and, and for that we lost you know great veterans, many. And and again this this guy's bought off the press. He's 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 uh he's uh he doesn't take responsibility for anything. So if you just fired a person that he put in place. Um and you know, he he would take credit for the for a win if there was a win there. Instead he fires and, and blames, right? Um,
0: leader Buck doesn't lead stop at take, the top, apparently, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, leaders take responsibility for for the for the for the tough times and and give credit to others in the good times. This is no leader, and and, and you'll constantly see this from this person. And yeah, he de- definitely uh, did a terrible job with, with with COVID in all respects. When we when we think about how he shut down businesses, how how he shut down schools, we masked our kids longer than anybody else, you know, with with no, no care of the psychological damage that was done. Um, kids committed suicide all over our state we we we're, we're, we're looking at some of that stuff and talking to people that have lost their children through suicide that were great athletes division 1 type athletes that couldn't get scholarships cuz they didn't play sports like the other states around us right i mean we we, we see businesses that that you know people are people are committing suicide they're, they're, they're at major issues with with psychological issues drug addiction all that from small businesses that lose their businesses lives are very important in these in these, in these situations of course right but livelihoods mean a lot as much right if if you if you ruin people's livelihoods i'm sorry but it's as bad as ruining really, really their lives
0: it's so true and 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 we're and i think we don't really uh the media particularly has been the most complicit in not getting to the bottom of what were really tragic public health policy decisions and illinois is one of those ones that really have flown through the radar i know you've been bringing attention to it and obviously, the family members who lost people at the LaSalle Veterans Home, I think, have finally been able to get some form of their story out and get, start the process of getting justice. But accountability is slow, and the media won't look at the um, look at the underlying bad decisions that, that government does. It really is remarkable. Last question for you, Gary. I know you're busy and you want to get back to campaigning. Um, Republicans are up in polls like we haven't seen in a very long time. The preference polls in some cases are 8, 10, 12 points in favor of Republicans. We haven't seen that certainly in my lifetime. Um, when you look out, what is the key thing for Republicans as a party to do to make sure they maximize their returns on the next couple of elections? And are you one of those guys that would like to see some sort of Republican contract with America like like, like 1994 in Newt Gingrich?
2: Absolutely, my you know my contract with, for Republicans for, uh, for with America, in my opinion would be we want we want leaders in the, in the Republican Party that have common sense and cannot be bought. Okay, because I, I see way too many Republicans that are bought, and in our in our state of Illinois, it's it's a, it, we're in bad shape when it comes to bought politicians on both sides. Um, more Democrats, but, but boy, there's plenty of bought Republicans too. We got to We got to stop that. Okay. But when I, when I look at what's going on in our state, we're, we're going to win. We're, we're going to win. There'll be a, it'll be a huge surprise in the country when a Republican in Illinois, a conservative Republican like myself wins because here, we're, we're, I'm fighting for for the police like like nobody else i'm fighting for for our first responders like nobody else i'm fighting for teachers I'm, I'm fighting for parents and teachers who are in the middle of this stuff right Parent parents and, instead of politicians need need, need need to be educating these kids instead of the politicians got in the way and we're fighting we're, we're, you know we're fighting to, to to for jobs like nobody else and, and so with that I'm telling you right now, more people have awakened in our state when it comes to these these things, right? Mothers mothers watching watching their schools ruin their kids, right? Mothers have, are awake right now, like never before, when it comes to understanding the damage they've done to their kids, all right? Police and police families are are, are are really really in tune with this. Yeah, I can't see sure any of these. Are. Many of these great, great people that, that protect us voting for a crazy Democrat that doesn't respect them at all in any way. Right. So I, I believe we're, we're, we've got a big turn of events gonna, that's going to happen in Illinois and people don't see it. I mean, they see it in some other states where things are usually close. Illinois, it's not usually close and they're going to see us win. It's going to be a huge surprise. And we're, we're going to service our, our customers, the taxpayers of Illinois, to keep them on our side.
0: Yeah, that's people are looking for that person that's going to fight for them and not fight for the special interest or the woke interest of the world. And uh, you certainly are staking out that position in this election in a big way, Gary. Real quickly, how do people follow what you do and stay in touch with the all the great work your campaign is doing right now?
2: Yeah, thank you for that. You know, dot dot com. I'm I'm a person in this race that I, I won't I, I can't get I'm not getting billionaire uh, funders behind me in in Chicagoland area in Illinois. And and many of my actually know through leadership groups, and I, and yet I won't get them because my message is exactly what I said. I have common sense, and I can't be bought, and and that's not a very good message to get the billionaires behind me. So my my friends are behind me. My I'm, I'm invested in my own race, and I've got many of my friends, you know, for for, the, for small investments behind me, and we're doing well. We're going to have you know five, six, seven million behind in our campaign compared to uh, fifteen to thirty million in a, in a wow. couple of our. Democratic opponents. We've got yeah. Democrats in the Republican side of the aisle here, and in and, and, uh, Repu- the Republican side of the race here, because they realize that they they probably can't win on the on the Democratic side right now because it's so bad there. So we've got we've got billionaires funding Democrats in the Republican race. I've got <laughs> we've got I I believe we have two of those out out of. Uh, the six of us that are running. And wow. uh, we're going to kick their butts no matter how much money goes, gets behind because yeah. Republicans here are smart enough and, and, and people that, that love freedom are smart enough to see the
0: difference. There is a lot of eyes on this race. This will be one of the bellwether races of 2022. Gary, it's always an honor to have you on. Thank you so much for your time today.
2: John, thank you very much. I really
0: appreciate your time. You have a spectacular day. You as well, sir. Thanks very much. All right, folks, we had Alfredo Ortiz on the TV show last night. We talked the economy. We talked tax cuts. We talked regulatory certainty and uncertainty. And it is an important thing for a journalist to do to measure the pulse of Main Street. When I say Main Street, I mean small business America. Often, because they're often the leading indicators of trouble, of success of a roaring economy or a contracting economy, and there's nobody that has their finger on that pulse better than Alfredo Ortiz, the CEO and founder of Job Creators Network. We had him on last night with Amanda and I on the Just the News, Not Noise show. We wanted to bring you this interview. I think there's a lot to learn from it. Listen up. We'll be right back after the commercial break. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale: four years for just thirty dollars at AMAC. By joining over two million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC. A-M-A-C justnews That's AMAC. Dot us forward slash and protect your most important asset, the equity, in your home.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now is Alfredo Ortiz, CEO of Job Creators Network. Alfredo, great to have you here.
1: Great to have you. Thank you.
3: Our pleasure. I want to ask you about Joe Biden's billionaire tax, although it's not just billionaires. I believe the lower threshold is $100 million dollars. Taxing the rich oftentimes sounds good to a lot of voters at the ballot box, but the chicken comes home to roost on Capitol Hill because we have, I think, at least a dozen or so members of Congress who would apply under this. And then also, I just saw a few minutes ago, Kevin O'Leary, who is typically a cheerleader for Democrat policies, called this insane and un American. I wanted to get your thoughts on this tax.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're completely opposed to this, first of all, because. Uh, While, to your point, it actually sounds great, it really isn't. We know exactly what's going to happen. This is Congress, again, the Democrats saying that they know how to better manage, uh, you know, the money rather than the folks who are actually the job creators. Um, And that's our biggest concern as representing uh, small businesses across the country is that when you look at the specifics, you know, Joe Biden saying that nobody below 400,000 actually is going to be hit with this uh, incremental tax as part of his $2.5 trillion plan. But we know that's just not true. Uh, we know that small business owners in particular are going to be the ones that are hardest hit. And frankly, you know, if, t- if you can think about two families making uh, – excuse me, two members of a family making $200,000 each, um, you know, those are the folks who are going to be most impacted. And now with inflation as well, this is the last thing this economy needs. And frankly, our small business owners, as they are dealing with the different elements of inflation and labor shortage uh, and supply chain issues, having this tax in front of them. It's really just gonna take away any uh, potential of further growth that they're gonna be looking at uh, in the future.
0: Yeah, such an important thing because we're coming out of the pandemic. And before the pandemic, this is one of the great untold stories, small business in Main Street America was thriving because of the uh, Trump tax cuts. And you personally and Job Creators Network were one of the driving forces about that. Some of those tax cuts are about the sunset. How important is it for Main Street USA, for mom and pop businesses to keep those tax cuts in place?
1: Uh, John, it's absolutely critical that we keep these tax cuts in place. We're going to be pushing this year to make a Job Creators Network. We want to make those permanent. Uh, I think it's critical from a planning standpoint for our small businesses to know that they can count on that. Um, we know exactly what happened with the Tax and Jobs Act and these tax cuts in particular with small business owners. Uh, it actually went exactly as we had predicted and said it would. They reinvested this savings back into higher wages, hiring more people, and frankly, reinvesting back in their businesses and growing their business. Um, and when they start seeing uh, you know, the potential of that going away, guess what's one of the first things they're going to stop doing? Reinvesting back in their businesses, reinvesting back in their people. Because at the end of the day, as they're having to deal with everything else and all the other costs that are skyrocketing uh, because of Joe Biden's, uh, frankly, ridiculous energy policy, uh, which is one of the main drivers of inflation right now, uh, they're going to stop hiring. And, uh, and then we're going to have that vicious circle as people stop uh, you know, getting those jobs. You know, There's going to be less money out in the economy, and we're going to start slowing down. And that is our biggest concern is that in that slowdown period, our small business owners are going to be the ones that are going to be hardest hit.
3: Yeah, but making those tax cuts permanent would require recognition on Joe Biden's part to uh, recognize that Donald Trump actually did something right. And we know we definitely can't have that. So yeah. <laughs> with this being out there in the politosphere and voters looking at uh, going to, to the polls in November and who they're going to pull the lever for, is this just yet another thing to pile on to the Democrat Party platform that could cause them to completely lose their hats in the midterms?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath, frankly, uh, you, both in the, in the House and, frankly, I think in the Senate. I think we've got – we're very well poised to actually take both over. I know it's going to be a little bit tough with some of the uh, uh, retirements that we're hearing uh, overall on the Senate side, but I think we've got a really good shot of really taking control of both, uh, the House for sure. And uh, these kinds of policies, especially when they're just talking about spending even more money with this latest budget, um, people are just sick and tired of this. Uh, they're, they're, they're tired of, of, of basically completely ignoring uh, reality here. And while they're talking about climate change, we've got consumers that are paying you know, four times as much for their eggs, four times as much for their uh, gasoline. I mean, this is just really out of control. And with them basically not putting anything into check, uh, you know, inflation is going to be a key thing in November. I know that Joe Biden today just announced that they're going to be releasing out of the Strategic Reserve about 180 uh, million barrels a day, but excuse me, uh, over a six month period. But, you know, frankly, I mean, they wouldn't even have that if it weren't for Donald Trump who frankly was was smart enough uh, to to fill up all those strategic reserves when we did have gasoline and oil that was down to about $20, $25 a barrel.
0: Yeah, that was a big decision, and that's going to be all gone at a time when we're facing a, a global insecurity, worries about war. That yeah. supply was put there for... Times like war, not for times like when we choked our own uh, energy supply. I want to turn to something. You have two things going on at Job Creators Network that really caught my attention. First was you had an extraordinary <clears throat> uh, survey of small businesses and what they think the Biden, how the Biden administration is performing on inflation. I want you to talk about that. And secondly, I know you're also trying to highlight models at work, states and governors that have uh, policies that are helping businesses to thrive. Could you talk about both of those initiatives?
1: Yeah, John, absolutely. You know, w- one of the things that, you know, we really believe uh, is that governors, first of all, are our, our Republican governors across the country, um, have really modeled and put together a, a very successful uh, a, a plan of attack, especially during the COVID period and going forward. If you look at uh, their success rates versus the success rates of Democrat governors, it's very, very clear that what they've put in place has really uh, led to basically an environment that has allowed for unemployment, for example, and wage growth to be much, much stronger than it is across the Democrat governors. And so when we talk about something that everybody probably in DC understands, but probably the majority of the American public probably doesn't get because of the, the, just the term that we like using here of federalism, that just basically means that we believe that more of the power needs to go back to the states, back to the governors, back to the people. I think we saw Governor Yunkin in, in, in uh, Virginia uh, do that exactly and how well it was accepted. I think if you look at for Hispanics, for example, in Virginia, I think uh, Governor Yunka took about 62 percent of the Hispanic vote because he actually just put forth policies that make sense, that really uh, uh, help, uh, you know, to to really create that kind of economic environment that's very positive for growth. And so, you know, what we want to do is really be able to highlight, uh, you know, uh, these governors, but more in particular and more importantly, we want to highlight the people within those states that have actually been able to thrive, whether it's from an economic standpoint, you know, through small businesses, or frankly, through innovation, like in healthcare. Uh, If you look, for example, Governor Ricketts has done, done a tremendous job in his states on the on the uh, in the area of healthcare, because of some of the policies he's put forth. And so we really want to highlight uh, that overall, these Republican governors have really created that environment so, of innovation. So and important. Now,
0: that, that, unfortunately, that we're important. coming up on a commercial break. We're going to lose you here. I no want to thank you and all that you're doing to Job Creators effort. We're going to stay on top of all these economic issues, folks. We'll be back in a few seconds. More of our show.
3: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery
0: All right folks, welcome back. Yep, another week has gone by. Really, really grateful for all of the extraordinary news, the extraordinary stories we broke. The interview with President Trump, the special we had about the Supreme Court nomination fight over Ketanji Brown Jackson. A oh, really great in-depth week. I want to thank all the guests because we had so many great guests, right? You know, Mike Lee and, and Christy Nome is going to come on this Sunday. So if you're looking for something to do Sunday morning while cooking the eggs or reading the newspaper or going for the morning jog, tune in. The first guest on the Sunday podcast is going to be Christy Nome. She is going to be giving a big speech next week at the Reagan Library, her first kind of foreign policy address as a governor. That's going to be worth checking out. We're going to be on top of that, but you're going to get a preview of it as a result of our interview Sunday on the Sunday podcast. Check it out. I think you'll like it a lot. All right, folks, before we go, before we get to the end of the week, a couple of things I want to bring up. First, a lot of people say, do you have an app for Just the News? And the answer is we do. We've had it for about four months now. If you haven't downloaded the Just the News app, go get it. It makes the reading experience a little bit easier. You get to kind of experience Just the News three different ways. There's a slider down at the bottom. You can read our stories. You can listen to our podcast, or you can watch our television and video content. All three, very simple. How do you do that? You go to the iOS Apple Store or you go to the Google Android store, depending on the flavor of your mobile device, download them, like them, share them, let people know it's a great way of experiencing the full breadth of what we now bring. You know, we, we do 40, 50 stories a day. We've got our newsletter, which I know a lot of you subscribe to, but we also have a lot of audio and video content. We have six or seven podcasts, all of them great, right on Hollywood with Christian Toto, the two podcasts that the one and only historian and thought leader victor davis hansen does and of course cheryl atkinson my good friend we've got gina loud and she's got a great podcast check these out then we got a tv show and then we got the daily newscast. It's a little minute and 15 quick catch up on the most important headlines called just the news now my colleague madison Foglio often does that you should go check that out sophie mann sometimes does it as well they're both worth watching So, go to the iOS store, the Apple iOS store, or the Google Android Play store, depending on your device, and get that app. You're going to be really great. And of course, you can always check us out on TV every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right? On Real America's Voice, Channel 219 on the Dish Network, Channel 240 on the Pluto Internet Television Network, on the Roku, Samsung, Apple devices. There's an app for it. There's a Real America's Voice app you can download in the same Android and Google Android stores, or you can use that app I just told you about, the Just the News app. Hit the Watch tab. You'll see our show there every night. I love working with Amanda. If you haven't seen Amanda Head's takedown of Jimmy Kimmel for insulting us and insulting the and if you check it out, she hit him square on the jaw with an honest intellectual argument about what was wrong with his claims. I think that's a really great way to do it. All right, one last thing before we go. If you care about election integrity, if you care about what happened in the Russia collusion thing, but you're always finding it heavy and you just want to have a fun, a laugh while continuing to advance your knowledge, your concern, your care about that, there's a brand new game out. It's called 2020 election game you decide and you know it's a little bit like monopoly it's a little bit like trivial pursuit it has a digital component you can go out to the internet and get new cards new information there's a lot of laughing a lot of funny great sense of humor john stewart like humor for conservatives but it really focuses on Russia collusion, some of the revelations I and Molly Hemingway and and Lee Smith and Sarah Carter and I broke. And then a lot of the true things that we now know to be election irregularities that maybe some of your friends deny, don't want to see, don't want to see what people said. It's a great game. What do you do to go get it? You go to electionfund.com, electionfund.com. You can download or order the game. And if you use the checkout, the word just news in the discount code, you're going to get a special price just for being Hey, just a new subscriber. That's a good deal. Check it out. It's fun. If you're thinking about what to do on a rainy weekend, what to do on a night, or when you're having a glass of wine or a uh, can of beer, this game is fun. You can bring family members in. You could trigger your liberal friends. You can tickle The humor of your conservative friends, you can send independence and say, listen, some of this stuff is real. Don't take my word for it. Go look at it. That's a really great opportunity. Go check it out. Electionfund.com. Use the code JustNews. All right, folks, that wraps it up. Have a great weekend. God bless you. God bless this great country of America. We'll be back Monday. Don't forget the Sunday podcast as well. Leading that off, Christy Nome. That's a great opportunity. God bless. Good weekend. Bye-bye.